It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there, but how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you've come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. Hey guys, as you know, I'm a big fan of passive real estate investing. And as a busy W-2 professional working in the oil and gas industry, this type of investing has been a complete game changer for me. It's allowed me to build income streams faster, access private off-market opportunities, and bring stability to my portfolio by investing in hard assets like apartments and self-storage facilities. So if you're looking to learn more about these types of opportunities, I highly suggest you check out Upstream Equity. Whether you work in the oil and gas industry like me, or you're a busy professional looking to grow your investment portfolio, Upstream Equity is your go-to source for passive real estate investing. They do all the heavy lifting for you, from building strategic relationships with best-in-class operators to finding quality passive income opportunities. Upstream Equity truly makes this a hands-off experience. To find out more, go to upstreaminvestor.com. Once again, that's upstreaminvestor.com. All right, let's get into the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, accompanied by our guest for the week, Suja Sham. And today, we are the two smart assets. For those not yet familiar with Suja, her journey began when we sh when she was in graduate school and purchased her first real estate deal when she had no money to her name. Since then, her journey has spanned several facets of real estate, including long-term rentals, short-term rentals, small-scale development, and entitlement. After replacing her corporate income with short-term rentals, Suja turned her focus to passive real estate syndications, which is now her favorite investment strategy on a risk-adjusted basis. Suja, my friend, it's great to see you. Welcome to the show. Danny, it's so great to be here. You have been a podcast friend of mine since the very beginning, and I'm just I'm so happy to finally be here. Yeah, absolutely pumped. Always great to to talk with you. Um, and so let's just dive into it. You know, I know you got an interesting story. You got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, before we dive into you know how you replace your corporate in income and then transition into syndications, uh, tell us more about you, your background, your story, and then how you got into real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think it's super important to understand how someone gets started in real estate, right? Because it is just such a big leap. And so for me, I actually did it in graduate school. And at the time I had very little savings. I was in graduate school. I had worked as a social worker beforehand. I was getting my MBA and I didn't actually, you know, hadn't really started making a large amount of money at that point. And so uh, I went to a presentation and it was this woman named Jessica Jackley who founded Kiva.org. And she told all of us in the room, she's like, use your student loans to start your thing, like your living loans. Cause you know, when you go to graduate school, you can get um, loans for tuition or, you know, a scholarship, but you can also get loans to live on. And so I did have those. And I was like, I made it my mission. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find a way to start a business or something with my student loans. And so I did partner up with a friend and we decided, okay, we're going to do something in real estate. And we ended up buying a house and you know, there was some education in there. We did go to like a boot camp. Um, and we also, and then we were like, we took one golden nugget. We're going to drive for dollars. That's something, you know, you often hear about when you, people are first getting started in real estate is different ways to find deals. And one of them is drive for dollars. So that was like one nugget. We're like, take action on that, right? Because there's so much information out there, but you got to take that knowledge and then put it into action. And so 
we drove for dollars and we found a great deal. We bought a two bedroom house for $20,000, two miles from downtown Pittsburgh. And we put sweat equity, sweat equity into it. We fixed it up and we rented it out. And five years later, we sold it for like five X over what we bought it for. And, you know, we'd already paid off, paid ourselves back, et cetera. So it was just a slam dunk deal. And I did it with literally no money in my pocket. I just did it with my student loans. So I think that's just an important thing for people to get and keep in mind is that there's always a way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I actually really love that story. And I got to be honest with you, I wish I would have done something with my student loans when I was in college. So I think that's a that's a, that's a great story. Absolutely love that. So you did that first deal, you know, you exit out of it uh, and it was a, a huge success, right? So at that, was it that the point where you were kind of like hooked on real estate investing? Like, listen, I'm going to go deep dive into all this. And then what was next after that? Yeah. Well, you know, we held that property for five years. So during that first you know, during that time, I started working in real estate and I started working as an underwriter of multifamily properties. So I was working at these big financial institutions that were buying big multifamily buildings. And I was a financial analyst and underwriter. I was preparing investment summaries and working, you know, at a pretty high level um, at these large institutions. The only problem was I did not have entrepreneurial mentors in those places. And so I felt like uninspired in that environment because no one around me was thinking, how do I do deals? We were just basically, it felt like pushing paper for big banks and other institutions, pension funds, life insurance companies that were the investors. But anyway, so I, I, I was not really feeling it. So I, you know, I house hacked. I didn't know that was a term, but I bought a house. My first house it was actually pretty important, right? Because, and, and I think this is something everybody should think about doing, especially if you're young, but even if you're not, you know, you can still get a house with a basement apartment or an ADU or a duplex, and you can rent out part of your place and the other part you live in. And it's a great way to build wealth. A hundred percent. There's a book called Set for Life. That's a bigger pockets mm. book. And it talks about house hacking is one of the most important steps. And that was very true for me. So when that book came out, it really resonated with me. I just bought my first house and I rented out rooms to friends. And eventually that turned into my Airbnb. Um, you know, like little spot. And, uh, but you know, that's, I'll tell that story a little bit later. So yeah, that was how I did. I got house hacked. I mean, I did house hacking. And then, um, from then on, basically I kind of got tired of having so many roommates and so many people living in the house and a lot of stuff happened in my life. I went traveling for 18 months. I, you know, realized that I never wanted to work for a bank again. And I decided I needed to build my own business. Right. And so at the time, my main goal was I want to have the option to not have a real job, right? I want to have my own business. I want to be in control of my own schedule. I want to have um, income that is not dependent, that doesn't have a ceiling. I want to have uh, the ability to achieve whatever I want rather than be confined by an employment. So that was my main goal. And I ended up you know, long story short, I ended up in Airbnbs. I did not end short-term rentals. I did not set out to be a short-term rental operator. I actually tried a lot of other things, but short-term rentals just stuck. Since I already had a house that I was renting out, I had a basement area. Um, and for a while, that person was like kind of sharing the upstairs. But when I came back from my travels, that person was just staying downstairs. And it was a light bulb moment for me because I realized that, you know, she had... Um, a job as a chef. And so she didn't want to use the kitchen and she was kind of just 
one space to herself, right? She didn't want to come upstairs. And it was just this light bulb moment. I'm like, oh my God, my basement could be like a little apartment. (laughs) And it was awesome. So my partner helped me build a kitchenette and we upgraded the bathroom and we made it nice. And I put it on Airbnb and literally Danny, I can't even tell you, it was like the ugliest Airbnb (laughs) you have ever seen (laughs) because I I literally just threw everything that did not match, like all my stuff from all the years and an air mattress. Like I threw an air mattress down there and I was not a long-term plan. There was no forethought to it. It is literally just like, uh, I don't have a tenant right now and I might as well get some income on it. So I did not expect to like, like doing it, but then it was just this like very consistent and much higher income than I would have gotten for somebody renting that place in a long-term basis. And so I just slowly improved it, right? Like I just, I did it totally lean startup model. I just literally was like, okay, well maybe I'll buy a new comforter and maybe I'll paint it and maybe I'll get a little, you know, coffee table. And I just, with the money that came in, I would literally just upgrade it a little bit. And I mean, I did have to put some money into it with the construction and whatnot, but it was very lean. So that was how I first got into Airbnbs was totally by accident. Well, I love that, right? Because it, it really just gave you that spark to kind of go from there, right? And so, uh, as we mentioned in the intro, you, you were able to actually replace your W-2 income with short-term rentals, right? So you, you did this successfully in the end. So walk us through that. And then, uh, you know, we'll dive into the next topic after that. Yeah, for sure. So I that was just the beginning, my basement apartment. But I liked the steady, consistent income so much. I mean, Airbnb can be seasonal in different cities. And in Portland, we, sh- we definitely have more higher income during the summer and it goes down in the winter, but it's still very predictable and still beats long-term rental rates. And so I wanted another one. So then I realized that I could rent out my master bedroom and the guests could enter through the back. We ended up building another kitchenette there and another bathroom so that they have like an entire suite to themselves. And I also converted my garage to an ADU. And um, that was a long process. You know I mean? There are some things about real estate that do require patience and are hard construction, especially in your own house. For anyone who's ever gone through a remodel, it's not fun and it's very disruptive, but there is like, once it's done, then you have this amazing asset, you know? And so I had a, so then I had, you know, I have three extra rental spaces in my house, which was not the plan going forward, but I still have like a lot of space to myself and we have our front yard and we have, we just have a lot of different spaces. So it doesn't feel cramped at all, actually. Um, and those spaces can always be repurposed at any other sure. point for another use. So I did that. And then I was like, okay, I want more short-term rentals. And so then, you know, there are a lot of people will say issues with regulation. You got to watch out for zoning and entitlement issues. And so when I wanted to expand my portfolio, I said, okay, I need to make sure that I'm going to be able to do this legally going forward. And so I looked for a, a property in a commercial zone. And I looked for a property that was built in 2012 um, you know, or later because there's new building code in Portland. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to have to like completely gut the building. Sure. So I found one and I, I bought a fourplex in a commercial zone and I was able to repurpose it and get it rezoned, um, change the building. I didn't actually have to get it rezoned, but I had to change the building use to from multifamily long-term to hotel use. And that was another long process, but very worth it, right? Because now I have legal Airbnbs within Mm. the city of Portland that are two bedrooms. You can't do that so easily. Like you're like, you're not supposed to do that with just a two bedroom apartment in the city of Portland. And so, um, yeah, that is 
those several units combined, like easily replace my corporate income and far more. And it's, it sounds so modest, right? It's like, I'm just an Airbnb host. I just have seven port, seven properties in my portfolio, but it's amazing. Like it's so consistent. It's easy to improve and optimize. Like there's still many more opportunities I have to continue to improve the properties and improve the income. And, but it's really steady and stable, you know? So that's something I just love about it is that there's a lot of business ventures that are just, you know, so exciting and have this like possibility of like a millions, millions of dollars of exit and whatnot. But I mean, Airbnb is just steady and consistent. It's reliable and it's quite profitable. Yeah, I absolutely love that story because, you know, I talked to a lot of people who was like, hey, I want to replace my income or just, you know, whatever, right? And the thing that I tell them is just much to your stories, you were hyper-focused on that. This is what you wanted to do, right? You wanted to be able to replace your income so you didn't have to worry about having, you know, being confined to a regular job, right? And so you had this, this hyper-focus. And then another beautiful thing about that is you didn't need 100 units, right? It, it, people think like, oh, I got to have 50 units or 100 units to achieve this goal. They just set this superficial goal of having X amount of units. Well, you might not need that you might need five or seven, right? Just to just to hit your goal. So I think being cognizant of you know what you're really trying to achieve is super important for for newer investors, right? Or, or even just any investor really um, know what you're trying to do and then just go after it in the most efficient way possible. So absolutely love, love your story there. Um, so now I kind of want to transition into uh, real estate syndication. So at some point you found real estate syndications and you kind of moved into this space quite a bit. Actually, that's how we met. So I'd love to hear more about that, how you found syndications, why that was an attractive option for you. And then what happened from there? Yeah, totally. Well, the syndication piece is actually interesting because Danny, when I was working at those banks, we were actually doing syndications. Mm -hmm. It's just that our investors and these funds that we were syndicating were other banks and pension funds it's life insurance companies, et cetera. And so I actually had a wealth of experience in syndications, but just at an institutional level rather than at the individual private placement level. And so when I was thinking about what do I want to do next, because it, when COVID hit I, in, and before COVID, I was like, you know, I want to diversify my portfolio. I want to have multiple streams of income, not just the Airbnbs. What else do I want to do in real estate? I didn't want to do wholesaling and flipping and single family rental. Cause I just, I knew that I was capable of operating at a different level than that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those, but I just, it's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in a different space. And so, you know, listening to a lot of the podcasts, I realized that people like you and me were doing syndications, which is what I had done previously, but just for institutions. And it was like a light bulb moment for me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know this language. I know how these deals work. I know so much about it and individuals can participate. And so that's why I decided to get into syndications. And I think there's something I want to just also just touch on here, which is this fundamental investing tenet, which is earn, invest, repeat, right? And so with my short-term rental business, I learned how to earn. I was earning, you know, a lot more money than I would working just a regular job. And, but then I also realized that like that portfolio takes some of my time and attention. It takes some of my um, energy and takes, it takes some of, you know, basically it, it's resource intensive, like in, even though it's a passive and it's actually quite passive, it's, I call it semi-passive actually, um, but it still requires my attention. And so just continuing to scale that was a, it was not necessarily going to lend to the kind of diversification I was seeking, mm. um, but B, it wasn't passive. Right. So 
what syndications allow me to do is take the earnings that I have for my business. And this applies to any of the listeners out there. If you are a high earner, or if you have a business, then you can take the earnings from your business and then you can put them into other investments, right? I chose real estate syndications as my way to invest because wealth snowballs, right? Like it takes a long time actually. So like, even though my cash flow is pretty high from short-term rentals in terms of my net worth going up, I need to be investing it so that it can snowball. And that takes, depending on how much you're investing, it can take 10, 15, 20 years to start getting really exciting where you're you know, really getting your wealth to grow exponentially. So you got to get started today. And so that's why it's so important to start today, earn, invest, repeat. And so then I had to decide how do I want to invest my money, right? And so I chose syndications mostly because of the downside protection and how good the returns are on a risk-adjusted basis. Yeah, I, you know, obviously, I'm a big fan of you know passive investing in real estate syndications, much like much like you are, right? And I love the the mantra "earn, invest, repeat," right? Because even if you're a W two employee, right, you're you're out there, you're, you're trading your time for money, uh, and then so why not put that money to work for you, right? And just like you said, on a risk-adjusted basis, you're leveraging professional real estate investors to basically go make money on your money for you, right? And I think it's one of those things if you're already spending your time in your W two job. If you're already working a lot, right, and you're a high net worth earner, uh, I think passive real estate uh, syndications are one of the best ways to to basically place your capital and get a return on, right? So uh, uh, I'm a huge fan of it, and I think going for, I mean, going forward, I'm sold on this. I've been investing this, you know, this way for years now, and I still have a W two job, and it's been uh it's been the best transition of my life. I can tell you that much uh, for sure. So um, you know, I want to talk cool. about that. I want to talk about that snowball as well. So. You know, you mentioned, you know, you start investing and this begins to snowball in terms of your plan of being a passive investor, right? What does that look like in your perspective? Like, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to be investing in these deals or whatever. What do those deals look like? And how is that achieving the goal that you want to, to snowball your, your, basically your, your income or your net worth or whatever? Yeah, totally. So the first thing I did was I set a goal for myself and I said, and this was, you know, several years ago, but I may not even that many years ago, maybe 2019, I said, I'm going to invest $50,000 a year. And at the time that was like a big goal for me. I was like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to make this happen? Right. Like it, and, um, but I was like, I set the goal and I did the calculations. And if you can, you know, I, I ran a spreadsheet and I was like, well, if I invest, I won't, I don't remember the exact numbers right now, but basically if I invest $50,000 every year and I'm getting you know, uh, let's just say a 15 IRR. Cause that's like, and I'm assuming I'm also taking into account taxes. Sure. Then what will my wealth look like at the end of, you know, after 10, 15 years. And it is amazing. I mean, it's in the millions and multi-millions of dollars, right? If you just invest $50,000 a year. And so I set that as a goal and then over time, I just increased it, right? So I'm like, okay, no, actually, I'm going to invest $100,000 a year. And so you set that goal, and then your mind starts to subconsciously work on how can I make that happen, you know? And so our subconscious is very much tied to what we can actually create. So, and then I was like, okay, now I'm going to invest $150,000 a year. And um, that is kind of how I've progressed over the time. So I'm just like, what's the vision, and how can I explain? accelerate towards it. Right. Because I want to, you know, I'm very motivated to get things done quicker. Right. And getting the wealth to snowball. Well, that does take time. Right. And so if you can vastly, if you can increase the amount that you're investing today, that's going to have just so much more of an impact five, 10 years down the line. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's one of those proof of product things, right? You see this thing working and you're like, hold up, I could be, I could really accelerate this at a, at a rapid rate if I'm just investing more per year or whatever, right? Whatever your timeline is. It's like, I could, I could see this working a lot faster if I was to focus on this investment vehicle, right? And so I think I had kind of a similar path where it's like, listen, you know, I'm going to dump 50 a year, or at least what I thought in my mind, one deal a year or something like that. And then it's like, hold on. I could really make this my goals a lot, you know, achieve my goals a lot faster if I were to dump some more money into it. And then from then it was all in, right? It was just, you know, syndications left and right. And I had a question from a guy. This is funny. I'm going to uh, just tell a quick story. I'd yeah. like to get your opinion on this as well. Um, I was asking, I was talking to an investor just last week and he was like, he was like, Hey, what's your portfolio look like? All that good stuff. And I said, listen, man, I'm, I'm mostly in real estate syndications. Right. And he was like, well, you know, what does that look like from a diversification uh, point of view? And I was like, listen, there's, it might not seem like it just because it's all real estate, right? But there is a lot of diversification just inside of real estate syndications, right? And building a portfolio that's super diversified uh, in that manner is actually pretty easy and and it is well diversified. So, you know, I had to kind of explain to him kind of how you build that and all that stuff. But I'd love to get your opinion on portfolio diversification within real estate syndications and, you know, how somebody could probably build that. Oh, yeah. I mean, just such a good question, right? Because we all know that diversification is such an important tenant in creating a robust investment portfolio. I like real estate because it's backed by a hard asset. It's insulated from volatile market dynamics because it's hard to sell, right? You can't sell a piece of real estate with the click of a button. You have to, it takes a couple months. And so people can't make such emotional decisions about it. And that's one reason it's mark, it's insulated from volatile market dynamics. And so I want to be in real estate. But there's also so many ways to diversify within real estate. There's different asset classes. And I choose to focus on asset classes that are recession resilient. And that's what my investors like too. All of my investors are really excited that I'm in multiple asset classes like self-storage, multifamily, mobile home parks, um, short-term rentals. Uh, there's Those are some of my favorites. And we're also, even within multifamily, there's build to rent for example, there's RV parks. There's just a whole host of options and understanding where the risks are in each asset class is part of you know, what I'm passionate about understanding, right? And so um, there's certain asset classes which I'd be very hesitant to get into, like speculative office, for example, is, you know, it's just not one that <laughs> as fun as it might be to build an amazing office building, it's just not one that I personally feel comfortable in. However, there's other asset class that I've learned about that I think are really exciting. For example, I, I didn't know much about medical office, but I now have a deal that I'm investing in, in medical office. And it's also combined with some other things that like sport, it's a sports center and it's got, you know, some small retail spaces that are, you know, a juice bar and this and a dentist office. And, um, so over time I'm learning about the different asset classes and ways to diversify. The other thing is, is like, instead of just buying a rental, like, in, you know, in a lot of these bigger cities, it might cost like one, $200, sorry, $100,000 to buy a rental property. Well, in that case, you just own one rental property, right? So if your tenant doesn't pay rent or moves out for like, if your tenant moves out, then you might be out of rent for a month, right? While the unit gets turned over and re-rented and that's one twelfth of your income. And so that is $100,000 that's losing 12% or, you know, a fair amount of money by mm. being vacant one month out of the year. Whereas if you invest in multifamily, first of all, you might only put in $50,000. And so you could invest that in two different cities and two different asset classes. 
And then on top of that, if it's like a 200 unit apartment building, we factor in vacancy. So even if when tenants move out, that's all factored in and it doesn't have as big of a hit. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up the thing about the single family uh, property because that happened to me, right? I first started in single family and it was one of the things I had one door and, you know, <laughs> that was my, fr- that was the only real estate investment I had yeah. and it went vacant and I was like, oh no, this, this is not good. Right. And so uh, I had no cash flow coming in at that point. And, but just like you're saying, it's so easy to diversify across asset classes uh, in different geographical markets. Right. And then the thing is, and something we've spoken about before is, you know, whether you're going for an equity play, you know, something you get something larger on the back end or more of a cash flow play where you're getting cash flow during the whole period of that investment, right? And really blend that portfolio to take advantage of all of those things, right? And of course, tax benefits, all that good stuff, right? But yeah. I think uh, in terms of diversification, I'm not sure you could be more diversified uh, than any other way th- than using real estate syndication. So um, I'm obviously really bullish on this stuff, yeah. <laughs> as are you. And I think we could talk uh, about it probably forever, all day. Um, but we are getting uh, close into the show. I do want to ask, you know, syndication is very bullish on this. I uh, love syndication. Is there anything else you want to bring up in terms of, you know, maybe if a listener is thinking like, hey, I really like this idea of passive investing, real syndication, syndications, what else do I need to know? Is there anything else that maybe you want to share with us before we get out? Yeah, I mean, 100%. So it's it's like any other business, right? Like it could be a really great business, but if you aren't careful about where you're putting your money, then it could turn out poorly, right? I mean, so I mean, that's I think a pretty obvious caveat, but um, but it's it I think it's worth repeating, right? It's not like syndications are good across the board, but if you find someone that you trust and you you can understand their deal and you understand what they're doing and who they're investing with or what it is that they're like, if you can understand the operator and the business plan, and you have belief in the strength of the deal team, then, then it might make sense. Right. So it's like these layers. It's like, first you decide, okay, I'm going to earn, right. How are you going to earn your money? Are you going to have a high paying salary? Are you going to start a business? Are you going to get a side hustle? And then how are you going to invest that money? And I've chosen the bucket of syndications, but within that bucket, I've got to figure out, well, where, what kind of syndications do I want to invest in? And even within syndications, I'm extremely picky, right? I'm, there's very few investors that I've actually, or operators that I've personally invested with. And, um, luckily they're all doing well, but that's because I've taken a lot of time to make sure that I really believe in the operating team. So, and then when it comes, then it's like, okay, so now you've gotten to what are what investments am I going to invest in in syndications? Then you've got to figure out how to repeat it, right? So are you going to invest with the same operators? Or you, do you want to diversify into different asset classes? Um, and how do you want to get your portfolio to grow in the long term? And I just, I think it's just such a fun journey. And that's why I love doing it. I love talking to people about it. I just, I get a lot of enjoyment from investing in this way. I totally agree. And really, you know, we could seriously, we could probably go on for another five minutes talking about <laughs> yeah. this and providing different subtopics about why this is great and what you can do with it. And uh, we're going to have to get you back on the, on the show uh, to talk more about it. But, uh, you know, this has been absolutely great. It's always great talking to you, Suja. I mean, it's always a pleasure. So before we get out of here, though, tell us more about you, your company and anything else you have going on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my company is called Lux Capital Investment Group. And I also have a podcast that Danny's been um, on. It's called Passive Income Unlocked. And feel free to check me out where it's anywhere you listen to podcasts and to get on my email list. I'd love to have you. We send out great 
resources and ways to think about investing, ways to help you figure out how you want to snowball your wealth. And my website is www.luxe-cap.com. Suja, we're going to make sure to put all this stuff in the show mm-hmm. notes. I got to tell you right now, if you're listening to this show, go check out Suja's stuff. Her podcast is absolutely awesome. Sign up for her newsletter. I get her newsletter all the time. She's sending out the best emails. I wish my emails were as good as hers. Uh, <laughs> they're absolutely awesome. So if you haven't connected with Suja yet, make sure to do so. She's awesome. Suja, this has been fantastic. Thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Danny. See you next time. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review for the podcast. We're always looking to bring you guys the best insights and strategies for building our real estate portfolios and your ratings and reviews really help with getting top guest speakers that are the best in the real estate investing business. I promise this will only take you a few seconds and I'd really appreciate it. Thanks for being awesome, guys. Cheers.